and we are rolling. Da, 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 Answer our postcard, please. To the usual address. <laughs> One, two, three, fuck you, Lane. <laughs> Arsenalville, Tim's house. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And unto this mass movement, destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow, it is we, mass movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 31 of Mass Movement Presents. Uh, my name's Chris. As usual, I'm with uh, my man Tim. Woo! Woo! Um, we got another stack show for you featuring Punk the Capital. We're going to be talking about Outside the Wire. And we're going to be deep diving American Werewolf in London. And the band we're going to be deep diving in is Under, Underdog this week. So. All worship. <laughs> yeah, all worship. All worship. First of all, we, we ask the important questions here, and we're going to start off with the question of what is hardcore? We're getting more philosophical and beardy strong. We are. You get to a certain point in your life and you go, what? What is hardcore? And then you just disappear up your own arse. <laughs> um, yeah. What's hardcore to you, Tim? Self-expression. It's, it's more than a musical genre. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Hardcore's one of those scenes that gives you, I don't know, um, maybe a sense of not purpose, but makes you unafraid to be who you are. Yeah. Because there's always classically, or, or traditionally, rather, um, a scene from misfits and fuck-ups and sort of people who felt like they're on the outside of yeah. society for whatever reason, or they're on the outside of the mainstream. You know what I mean? I certainly felt that way growing up. I've certainly felt that way all my life. You know, I don't fit in. Yeah. Um, and the idea of fitting in, as I've got older, just seems more and more pathetic and the juice is just like, why should I? Yeah, what do I need to? Why, why do I need to? Why do I need to be something I'm not? I've yeah. never felt that urge to be that thing. So, you know, it, it's just, just the notion of it. It's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why hardcore feels so natural. It felt like a place to be. Plus the music's fucking brilliant. Plus the music's awesome. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like, it's a couple of things to me. It's, it's like a brotherhood. Yeah. It's like all my friends. I, I don't mean a brotherhood and a sisterhood. All my friends. Everyone I sort of... You know, 90% of the people I know have something to do with punk or hardcore yeah. or metal. Some sort of... Some you know, connection to the scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also like a, an education for me. It's, it's been an education for me too. Um, having grown up in, you know, sort of not the most liberal envir- environment, should we say. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it it sort of it showed me the the right way in a lot of ways. I think it encourages you to think and form your own opinions and not be constrained by ideas that you're being force fed by any sort of mainstream outlet that you come across. You, know, you can look at something objectively and form your own opinion about it and not be vilified. Yeah, totally. Unless, of course, you know, 
you're a Nazi piece of shit or such yeah, a yeah. scumbag. Because, That's what know, I'll never understand. Oh, Nazis and all that going down into the hardcore. No, because they're fucking punk. boneheads and they're stupid. They can't understand that you know music is about far more than. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that would explain it. Yeah. Fucking Rick Healy, man, biggest Nazi prick on the face of the planet. My God, yeah. what a what a change of a person. Well, no, he's always been a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When he was when he was into hardcore, when he was like the Rick Healy we knew. He was, uh, it turned out he was ripping people off. Yeah, because he was selling bootleg like shit on yeah. his distro. Yeah? Yeah. And then obviously he's gone full tilt now and like, yeah. he's a Nazi. He's a full and... on fucking Nazi POS. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I have, I've never had any truck with Rick Healy. Um, I think uh, we've turned down maybe five or six interviews. Really? Ever. With people. Yeah, yeah. Um, blatantly just, you know. On who he is. Yeah, they are. who they are. And Rick Healy was three of them. Really? Yeah. Wow. I've never wanted to have anything to do with this because never had any inclination to be anywhere near Ricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wow, okay. I saw 25 Life a few times and... I saw the band Yeah, yeah. I just thought, this is overhyped bollocks. This is absolute nonsense. You know, it's just... it's. it's there was nothing there yeah. that made me think, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. That was, maybe all I made me think was, I'm absolutely right, this shit. <laughs> Yeah, if anything, you know, harden your belief. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know his natty little dreads around. Yeah, yeah. With these dreadful prison tattoos covering his body. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, so Warriors Hargo, we've gone into the sort of, um, the uh, the discipline side of things and like, you know, what, you know, the... the I what, think it what, is what, 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 what it is what you want it to be. If, if there's no set of general constraining sort of rule book, that makes you say you have to fit within this narrow parameter. Yeah. Right? I, I think it's, um, there are things that are anathema to hardcore it shouldn't be a part of hardcore. Nationalism, mm. fascism, sexism, yeah. homophobia, transphobia, none of those things belong in hardcore or belong anywhere fucking near hardcore. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. You have to be able to sit up and think for yourself. If you want to become some apologist stool, that's up to you. Right? But politically, you form your own opinions. You know, I'm not saying that you can't be a conservative and listen to hardcore because you can. Yeah. You know, but there are I still are conservative punk rockers. I know it sounds well, how can that be? But people don't all think the same way. Yeah. You know, just because you have some conservative beliefs doesn't mean you're an outright dickhead. What about uh, musically? What is hardcore to you musically? I mean, how did you get into how what was your gateway to hardcore? My gateway drives into hardcore, not so fun. Agnostic Front. So where were you at before you discovered Agnostic Front? Where were you? Thrash Battle and Crossover all the time. Thrash Battle and Crossover. Okay. Um, I had a mate called Mark Williams. Yeah. Um, bless his soul. Dude's long gone. Hang himself. Oh, shit. Um, mm. Lovely guy. I played in bands and all sorts. Um, Stoyla, when <laughs> Mark Warmer was one of these dudes who used to get on with, with women like this all the time. Yeah. And he had an older girlfriend came out. I think about 15, 16. Yeah. And she was like 18. She came down, we sat by the pub one night, she just got us hammered, brought pints out, just me and one just sat there fucking getting <laughs> whacked whack on her coin like it was a dreadful thing to do. <laughs> um but yeah, he bought um course for long. Okay. Uh, and we just sat down and listened to it. And put the needle down. And our first riff course that 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 sort of sort of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. On you know, eliminated. Uh, eliminated, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
They look like skins, but they... But God damn! <laughs> I like that reference. Then Roger's voice starts wailing in the background. It starts wailing and you think, why the fuck are you saying? Yeah, yeah. And you can hear the raw emotion and the anger in his voice. Yeah. Then there's the crumb suckers. Okay. And from there, you know, you start to make the move to GBH. Yeah. And those sort of bands, it all becomes, you know, sort of gels into one. And you just want to hear more. I sort of ventured, I got, like, always the first, like, peaceful seven inch when they first started playing Hammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flexi. Which meant that I could get in touch with Patty and Constructors, who were gifts from English dogs, which is the war dance, which is used to the civilized society, mm. and then Harrison, and Ripcord, and Napalm Death, and all these other bands. And then, but I, I've always had more of a penchant for, like, faster hardcore rather yeah. than, like, grindcore or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old fashioned, solid fast hardcore. Yeah. Like, for me, there's no difference when it's the hardcore between, like, the circle jerks. Agnostic Front yeah, yeah, or yeah. DOA and Sheer Terror it's all part of one big cohesive whole yeah yeah you know? okay. and it's all about bands expressing themselves musically and pushing the limits of what they can do and just showing saying this, this is hardcore yeah. this is hardcore whatever you want it to be this is hardcore yeah yeah so yeah I mean I, I came around like not a generation after you like a few years after you mm-hmm. so my first bands were Sick of Roll and Mad Ball in their infancy yeah and then if you'd like, uh, I mean, somebody's a friend of ours had Crumb Rags, Stage of Quarrel. See, so yeah, that's another genre defining record. I mean, I know those guys don't get on and they'll never get on. Yeah. Right? And I know Harley now wants a Crumb Rags name. And it's kind of sad. Yeah, it is. Because if those two, if John and Harley, two diametrically opposed individuals, yeah. um, could sell the differences and just play music, maybe write music together, yeah. they'd be an unstoppable force. Yeah, they yeah. would. They could. Write their own check. Funny enough, I've been thinking recently, I know that how much they oppose each other. Yeah. But just from their posts on social media, I think they got more in common than he's into they're both into like yes. um healthy living, yeah. working out, get up every day, do something every day, work hard. They both yeah. got that I think in them. So there, there is a basis there for them to be Yeah, I but after that they just go straight yeah, out. I, mean, I, I, I think the world's job. I love John the best. Yeah, yeah, JJ's yeah, cool. Yeah. JJ is He's just one of the life's sweethearts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you want to get motivated, you should listen to JJ talk. Oh, totally, you, yeah. You motivate, even the most unmotivated thing, yeah, yeah. he's looking motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he will push you to the limit. Yeah, yeah. But he'll do it in such a way that, you know, you're still his friend. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, the day you... Because I... One of the happiest, weirdest days of my life mm. was when I, interviewed the, when I reviewed the first blood clot record. First, mm. well, after they came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And JJ got in touch and saying, that review came from you, man, the world. It's just like, fuck, no. No, that's that just, you know, that's yeah, one of those yeah. moments when you go, wow. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. What you do is being justified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because um, he's a lovely guy. I mean, I don't know Harley at all. Mm. Um, I know people who do know Harley and say he's a sweetheart. Yeah, I mean, he's a lovely guy. I think Mark Freebase talks quite highly about him. Yeah. Paul Baum talks. Paul Baum loves it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he is—he's just one of those guys who I think maybe JJ and Harley rub each other up the wrong way. Yeah, you know, people you can't be around. Yeah, because they're always trying to outdo each other, or they're trying to one up. Yeah, yeah. You know, for some reason, your personalities just clash, and maybe that's what that was. Why that record so yeah. incredible? Yeah, because that adversity brought out the best. Of yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a landmark record. I don't think anybody will come close to achieving that sort of New York hardcore release apart from Underdog. 
This is Roger from Agnostic Front. You're listening to Mass Movement Presents. So let's move on to uh, Punk the Capital. What's staying in the staying in the hardcore scene? Oh, the, the, the documentary about DC punk rock and hardcore. That's yeah, crazy. yeah. Oh, mate. So where did you, you watch this? Where did you watch it? I watched. I had a review copy through from um, my Clinton MVD. Okay, Clinton basically did all publicity for it. For right. I was talking about it, and he's talking about it with me, and he knows that I love bad men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind and threat and, and and grey matter and like government issues. You've got to see this. So I thought, cool, let's can you send me a link. I said, yeah, yeah, check this out. And it's pretty brilliant. If you love DC Hardcore, you have to see this film. Yeah. It is literally, it's it's from the bare bones nothingness of DC all the way up to like, the foundation of Discord, uh, Black Waters. Wow, okay. what they How they changed basically the face of punk rock and hardcore. Yeah. With the way they worked. Um, so sort of late 70s, late 80s? Yes, it was 76 to 83. Yeah. Um, Okay, and um, it's like when you know with Bad Brains were the DC band that left DC and went to New, New York. York yeah, because New York claims the Bad Brains and DC claims the Bad Brains, but you know the Bad Brains are a DC band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. made that first record in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're still they're a, DC a DC band. Yeah, you know. Um, and you see, you know, there's footage in it of Henry playing with SOA. Oh, really? And you just think, were you ever that young? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Was Ian McKay of that young with curly hair? Yeah, yeah. Playing with the teen idols and shit. And, you know, these stories about how the whole scene sort of became what it was is in this film. There's archive footage, there's photographs, there's people you never think would actually speak on film and speak about this, talking about it. It's phenomenal. It's, it's phenomenal achievement. Is Dave Grohl on it? No. Wow. No. A music documentary without Dave Grohl. I know, it's, it's shocking. He, must, he couldn't have been available that day. <laughs> Probably this one. Oh fuck it! <laughs> you probably the phone to him. I'll speak. Big mouth tats and everything like him. And I, I do like Dave Grohl. I genuinely think that Dave Grohl is one of I do, yeah. my life's characters. Yeah. I saw Dave Grohl play the transport in the car. Oh, we scream, the scream. Yeah. yeah wow. Um, that's a fucking old guy. I bet you can't recall that. Though. No, I can. Really? Well, he's, yeah, he's got like a sort of weird eidetic memory, isn't he? Okay. So, I want to all sorts of things about Dave Grohl actually writing Nevermind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he wrote that record. Yeah. Um, rather good. Wow. Because the pop sensibilities there carried on with the Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah. had nothing much in common with Nirvana up to that point. Yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, I think she's right. I think Dave Grohl was responsible, more responsible for Nevermind than most people will ever give him credit for. Wow. But yeah, back to the point. Back to uh, Punk the Capital. It's one of those films that everybody needs to see. Just type in Punk the Capital and download it or have it on VOD, put it in your iTunes, whatever, because it's, it's out now, only to also have one Blu-ray and DVD. Well, okay, so, so go check it out. But yeah, it's a film you want to see. It's just phenomenal. Punk the capital. If you like punk rock, you like a bit of history, and you love that brains, you love Minor Threat, you love the Teen Idols, you love SOA, Grey Matter, Government Issue, just for, and Stab was in it. Fucking, he's only on screen yeah. for like five seconds, but it was just lovely to see Stab. Just to see him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Badass. Yeah. Let's have a track, shall we? Let's have a track. From a Band track. We Love. This is from The Stay Awakes. Yep. It's from their new album called Pop Dreams. And this is Love Struck. On Engineer Records, buy this record because it's fucking killer. It really is, yeah. Go buy it. Engineer yeah. Records. Go buy it now. Yeah. 
Okay, that was the awesome Stay Awakes. The awesome Stay Awakes. It's called Love Struck and it's from their album Pop Dreams, which is on Engineer Records. We urge you to go and buy it right now. Awesome. Yeah, it is. It's like pop. It's one of my rappers. Punk. Yeah. It's uh, full of like melody. A, full yeah, it's, of, like a, it's, a, it's like an old to 80s rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But given a punk rock sense of it. If Brian Adams, right yeah. around the time of Runaway, played punk rock, This is not, it's not one of the originals, is it? Right? It's, no, it's, it's 79, 80s, so yeah, I believe, yeah, like yeah. late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's one of the rare rides that might, was it interesting? So, so yeah, I got, I got a timeline here, so 72, 73, it was conceived by Imagineer Tony Baxter. Okay. It was in Pro and Hold due to the construction of Pirates of Caribbean. Uh, 74, it was... Again, prone hold due to construction of Space Mountain. So it's a flying ride. Yeah. Flying and then 77, the construction begins on the ride at Disneyland. So, yeah. And then uh, 1980 officially opens at Magic Kingdom. So, so you, you rode it like, when it was still sort of, not in its infancy. Oh, no, no, I mean, it was, it was like in its infancy. I mean, it was yeah. eight years, only eight years old. Yeah, it's only eight years old. Yeah, yeah. So you make me sound fucking ancient. <laughs> and I am. You were there, just sat next to Walt. <laughs> Right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just you get in there and you feel it's I don't know it's one of those historical things you, you, you kinda of sort of live to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well I sort of um my obsession with Disney started through this annually. I mean in the eighties the movies weren't that that big, they don't do a lull, but the classic movies I had seen. But I remember I had this annual and it was full of Images of Disney World, right? Okay, and Disneyland, all of them, all the parks and all that. And I remember two things. I remember the um, monorail. I remember right. thinking, "Holy crap, that looks like the future!" Yeah. Um, oh, it's three things actually. I remember the uh, the uh, Epcot ball, right, yeah. And I remember Big Thunder Mountain, right? Um, and yeah, that started my sort of that imagery. It was in 
ingrained in me. When I think of Disney, that's what I think of. So, well, and the first time you got to ride it, yeah, to live up to your expectations. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, because you know, I first time I ride it, it's just marvelous. Yeah. And like, like I said, uh, the Florida, California, and Paris, mm. um, Paris, or Disneyland Paris, both of them I think it's faster than it is in California and Florida. Okay. And it's slightly more fun. There's a, there's a there's a bit of a misconception about like you know because rides are now sort of like two hundred mile an hour you know, right nut, you know, you've got to be nuts to go on some of them like you know but no, the, you, there's, there's a, you know they're safe and this yeah, is what, yeah. that's what pisses me off yeah but there's, there's I don't like the roller coasters well, they're not fucking kill you <laughs> yeah but there's a misconception you, you of, your pants. there's a misconception of the older ones are crapper you know not yeah. that have the same effect but they're not they're really they still got it and yeah it's, but it's the way that speed is used effectively on the track. Yeah, so yeah. It's all yeah. the twists and turns. You're not turned upside down, but because you, you put through like loads of shallow dips and you know, yeah. relatively high angle backs. And the storyline as well, yeah. all the history of it. You're yeah, like, and you know, the, the scenery, it just feels yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's an experience. Yeah. And, and not that's, all rides that's what it's supposed to be in this. It's supposed yeah. to be an attraction, not just a ride. It's yeah. not some throwaway disposable thing. It's about the thing as a whole. Yeah, it's well, not just something to throw you around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the whole. It's, yeah. you, know, you queue up, you get, you, you learn about the stories you're going mm. through, and then you get on it, and then you. I mean, a lot, a lot of rides do that now in the parks, but Disney were the first ones to do that yeah. to make even the queuing experience. Yeah, make the ride all inclusive. Yeah, the Haunted Mansion comes to mind with the queue, or the Haunted Mansion with the queue. Oh, mate! And the gravestones all sort of. Yeah. Like, did that just blink at me? Yeah. That sort of thing. And like, you know... Well, uh, yeah, there are, there's so many backstories for all these rides. Yeah. You just... Parts of Caribbean, you know, when you, yeah. you, you're walking through... Well, you, last time I went, Paris, I went on Paris Caribbean was in Florida. Okay. Because we hit the park, um, we hit the Magic Kingdom, and roped off. Is this since it was done up? Since the yeah. movies? Yes. I've not, not done it since then. Right. So, um, we went into the park, strolled the main street. Mm. You know, we didn't rush up, but we were... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you did. <laughs> that was we really didn't because we had like like a sixteen year old with us who was like eight running nowhere. Yeah. Because we're there for truly the world championships. Oh, so, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so we saw the mainstream, we went to we just went what I don't know we just saw Paris Cabinet, we got yeah. All the way through, no queue, no queue whatsoever. Yeah. So we just went up and down, up and down, up and down, and we got on and you know the it didn't, it took maybe 30 seconds from the time we entered the yeah, time yeah. we sat in the boat. I don't think everyone was very impressed. Really? Yeah. You know, they're giggling like a schoolgirl. Yeah. Going, no, no, no. no. I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they like the tiki route. Okay. And I know they love Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, it's just, because, when would you got to go that, that time in the morning? Because you went straight from Paris to Caribbean to the Jungle Cruise. Mm. Straight on to Splash Mountain, straight on to Big Thunder Mountain, yeah. straight into the, the Country Bears Jamboree, did all these things, and then the Haunted Mansion. It's all done, bang, within yeah, a yeah. two hour period. Yeah. Because you could do it because we were there so early. The Thunder Mountain, it's just something else. It's <laughs> just so much fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And every time you see it, you go, I wish I was there. <laughs> I'm not here with you, Chris. Hi, this is Alex Webster from Cannibal Corpse, and you're listening to Mass Movements Presents. Okay, so let's let's move on. Let's um, you've been oh, we've been watching. I've been watching. I think you watched a few episodes. Of you yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, 
Yeah, so it's on. Cat in the bag put me off watching. Cat in the bag. Cat in the bag is is yeah. I can't. I've watched the episode of Cat in the Bag. In. Yeah. Don't get any further. It was because I've got like a mental block because it is just so horrific. It's one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. Lu- Louise said the same thing. She said like, yeah, I it's one of the most brutal things she's I ever can't seen. Can't even. Yeah. You know, articulate that what that does. You just sit there and you just stare at the screen like yeah, slack jaw because you don't. You can't, your brain can't comprehend what you've just seen on screen. Yeah. And how any human being could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or think like that. Yeah, yeah. So them is, uh, it's basically, it's out on Amazon Prime. It's about a black family. Yeah, the second moved, migration. Yeah, just second yeah. migration. They moved to an old white neighborhood in Compton. Um, Compton, California. In LA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, where it's sort of, uh, it was not really, you know, it's like a demon sort of, a malevolent force, yeah. if you like, is um, kind of following them on top of the extreme racism they encounter. They encounter when they move to the neighborhood. It just makes me think, fuck white every time. I oh, see every time, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. You know, how can you be or think like that? I, it, it just seems so alien. It really does, yeah. I mean, again, we go back to sort of like, you know, I grew up in a, in environment which shows people separately yeah but i soon learned that's not the way of things you know yeah um yeah and just seeing just seeing that you know how extreme it can get yeah it's uh, just like i i so kind of bad and that was it yeah I, I, can't, I can't even begin to yeah watch you know i can't even think about oh just, just even you know no <laughs> yeah just no Alison Pill, she's cool. She's very yes. She is frightening. She's a psycho frightening. I saw what what's Cooties there? Right? All right, and she's in that. Okay, and I don't know whether that's one of the shittest films I've ever seen, <laughs> or, or whether it's you know, a work of greatness. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? No. Oh fuck. Cooties. Um, <laughs> right, it's Judy played the Hobbit. Mark Elijah Wood. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and. He was in Galaxy Quest and he's in a couple of other things. Yeah. And it's about kids being turned to zombies by chicken nuggets. Oh dear. God. And yeah. We really bored. We we just trying to find something we to watch. Well there's me and Emma, right? And yeah. Schmoz out there. And you're all like we all have completely disparate tastes in films. And so he says, Oh chicken nuggets and zombies, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> Put it on. <laughs> I don't know what like I said, I don't know what's one of the worst things I've ever seen or what yeah. type of work of like social genius and it's like <laughs> so brilliant social commentary. But yeah, I don't think I'll be watching Cooties again. But <laughs> Aspen was in that. Aspil. Aspil. Yeah, yeah. And she's in uh, Star Trek. Um, Discovery. Discovery, yeah, yeah. She's really good. No, Picard. Not fucking Discovery. She's in Is Picard. She? Yes. Yes, she's Picard. Picard. Yeah, yeah, Picard. Yeah, yeah. That was a good Discovery, yeah. Yeah, she's in Picard, yeah. She's really good in that too. So she's a definite actress to look out for. I think she's going to be like the stars is going to rise and rise. But yeah, go and check out uh, them. Be warned, it is absolutely brutal. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a good watch and it's a good lesson. It will shred every single last one of your nerves. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Barney Veer from Night Farm Death. And through my many years of association, you're listening to Mass Movement. Be Water. Um, the Bruce Lee uh, story. Well, so it's, it's, it's more about his time in Hong Kong. When he went back to Hong Kong, yeah, yeah. When his star is in his ascendancy, so it's um, 
big boss towards the dragon. It's, it's, it's a comprehensive look. Before he made him? This is as he's making it, so he goes back, because, you know, he finished, like, with, uh, finishes Green Horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, finishes making Green Horn, it goes off the air, and he starts trying to sell the warrior, as he called it, which later became Kung Fu. Okay. And we're going to cast Bruce Lee in Hollywood, because, you know, you don't have an Asian leading man this time. Wow. Which sounds, again, absolutely fucking immoral. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's fucking Bruce Lee. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm fucking Bruce Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Bruce motherfucking Lee. Yeah? So, um, it's about him going to Hong Kong and his ascendancy. So he really starts making Big Boss. Mm. Up until the time he finishes making Enter the Dragon and then dies before that film gets released. Okay. And it's just wonderful. It's just... Oh, I always forget you didn't see Enter the Dragon. No, he died a month before his premiere. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just... It's so heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my first experience of seeing Bruce Lee was Enter the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. And from that moment on, you, you're a fan. You, yeah. Because that man is, was so magnetic and so charismatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you start to find out more about him, when you start to find out the philosophy behind everything, you, yeah. you, you could have changed the in world yeah literally and you did yeah. you changed my world yeah because um, he doesn't say a lot in his movies I mean you know, he does in Enter the Dragon he says no but, I mean, no, but like, there's, there's lots of scenes where it's just like, like the one that always gets me he's like I remember one of the first times I saw him he was just on the boat and right. he just sat there sort of stoic well, that, that solemn stoic pose yeah. 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 yeah and that's what I mean about him he's like yeah and he, but he draws you in somehow yeah because he has he, he had a magnetism and a charisma mm. which was and you know, as an added bonus, right? This film for me yeah. is narrated by Shannon Lee. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god, she, she's like one of the in the world. I'm happy to run away with now. <laughs> not. I'm not, you know, because you think this way. But you, you, there are people who you could listen to all day. Yeah, yeah. Just you sit there and go, just talk to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shannon yeah. Lee is one of those people. Okay. Because you, I could listen to her talk all day. Yeah. You'd never be bored. 365 days a year. Yeah. She can join me in Tennessee. No in the cabin. In the cabin. Make some coffee. Just talk. That's all I need. No, just pants. Both in pants. That would be an added <laughs> bonus, admittedly. <laughs> but, no, be what is just a fantastic Yeah, yeah. And where did you watch that? That's, uh, that's Disney Plus. Oh, okay. It's Disney Plus. It's, it's yeah. on Stars, on the documentary on Star on National Geographic. Yeah. It's there. It's the same... Um, I think it's like the, the Ric Flair documentary, the Nature Boy documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Um, it's just fascinating from beginning to end. I mean, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can watch as many documentaries as there are about Bruce Lee. I mean, like I am Bruce Lee, the people watch I've seen in the last two weeks. He's just a fascinating man, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know? And his story is like, like none other. Nah, and the fact that it ended so abruptly as well. Yeah. Just then, just, more just, to legend. Just at the peak. Mm. So heartbreaking to realise that you'll never enter the dragon is the last thing you'll ever see of Bruce Lee. Yeah, that is heartbreaking. Yeah, um, yeah. But so be water just watching because because you know you've got you're some big boss to Fist of Fury. So the my admittedly my favourite Bruce Lee story film, the, the Way of the Dragon, which is just phenomenal mm. because it features that Ethel the awesome fight with Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's you know he's filming Game of Death, which is incomplete because he gets yeah. into the dragon. And he films all about the dragon, means to go back to finish Game of Death. Game of Death he never gets a chance to. So, yeah. So tragic, man. 
So that's be water. Be water on Disney Plus. Yeah, watch it. Just watch it. Let's have a track from uh, Brassic, UK punk band. Is it? Yeah, we like these guys. This track is good. I do. You do? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're good band. Yeah, yeah like, of course they are. This track is called They Saved Us. Saved us by the awesome Brassic. What's up, everybody? It's John Bush from Armored Saint, and you are listening to the Mass Little Bed Podcast, so blast it. You like Anthony Mackie, don't you? I, love I know you're a big Anthony Mackie fan. Um, you watched Outside the Wire. I did. Uh, again, I'm behind on my TV. I've just been told off by you and my wife. So I haven't watched uh, Outside the Wire. Tell us all about him. <laughs> it's a film about AI. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the usage of artificial intelligence in the military and whether it will be a good idea or not. Okay. Now, if we can sign combat roles to um, artificial intelligence and robots, what the ultimate outcome might be, and how oh, they okay. will judge us, and how they will see us, how artificial intelligence will judge us and see us. Um, That's interesting. It's maybe. more terrifying than fucking Skynet. Really? Yeah. Skynet's terrifying. Yeah, but this, this film will find you more. Really? Yeah. Okay. So obviously it goes a bit pear-shaped then. It goes a lot pear-shaped. <laughs> um, and it's nice to see Anthony Mackie play against type. So it wouldn't be as much of a movie if it all went swimmingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, I've killed everybody. Yeah. Top my own. <laughs> um, yeah, Anthony Mackie's great, isn't he? I mean, he's just, uh, again, he's going to be one to watch. I, I think he's going to be one to watch for years. I mean, I didn't realise until the other day that he's like the dude Eminem battles in 8 Mile. Rap battle there. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. That's Anthony Mackie. I didn't realise that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, so he's been around a while then. Bloody hell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, to do that, I mean, when he makes his first appearance in uh, Captain America. Yeah. The Winter Soldier? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at Captain America. Falcon becomes a better character in that film than Steve Rogers. Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. Because, you know, on your left, on your left, that's right. Left, which, is, which is the, the phrase yeah, uh, yeah. right at the end of um, Endgame. 
That's Where right. Steve Rogers has stood there going, come on, you motherfuckers, like, on your left. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. and it's just... Oh. Yeah. That's right, yeah, because yeah, Cap's doing the laps, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. But, yeah, outside the wire, man, you've got to see it. Because it's just, it's thought-provoking, and it's full of twists and turns, and you just, you don't know which way it's going to go, right okay. up until, the, like, the last 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, oh, sweet, that's nice, I like that. Okay. But it's definitely... Oh, it's futuristic as well, yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's not, like... Obviously, I know. <laughs> all right. All right. I know. AI. In cocaine, it's <laughs> a of a drug. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 2036. Yes. So not too far in the future. Not too far in the future. We're still far enough in the future to be plausible. You can give two steps. You mean the words about it? By 2036, I want to be in fucking Tennessee. Right? People will be seeing or, you thinking they're seeing Bigfoot. <laughs> Signature book, What's that? He's shouting. Go for some. Get off my land. <laughs> I hope to be far away from here by then. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Either in the woods of Pennsylvania, the Buffaloes, or in the Smoky Mountains in, in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So that's uh, outside the wire. It is. Uh, the band. The band? The band that fell you tit. It's been one of those days. Okay. That's outside the wire. The movie, and uh, that's on Netflix, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah, cool. Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual. Let's have a look at an old movie, which we like to do. Um, this week, we're going to look at uh, Stonewall classic. Every Halloween, I have to watch this. My favourite horror movie of all time. American Werewolf in London. Yes. Okay. You like it because... Uh, What's her face? Jenny Agatha. That's Jenny not Agatha. the only reason I like it. It is one of the reasons I like it. Admit it. It's one of many reasons. <laughs> one of the primary reasons I like it. <laughs> Jenny Agatha is a nip. <laughs> and yeah. also Lindsay Drew's in that as well. Oh, yes, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. And the uh, Polyflex. That's another reason. Lindsay Drew and Jenny Agatha. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say... Ding not sure what else happened. I say ding dong. Could you imagine that? Lindsay Drew and Jenny Agatha. That's a film I hate to watch. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, John Landis um, directed it. It's um, yeah, it, it still stands up now. The effects and everything. Just, it's just the whole it's, thing. It's a perfect horror film. Yeah, and it's got that quintessential sort of Britishness as well. Like that. Really creepy sort of. Yeah. I mean, there's not much on-screen gore or violence. No. But it's all about the slow ramp tension that builds up, and like Rick Baker's transformation scene. Well, that was the um, the thing for. Thriller, wasn't it? Michael Jackson saw that and he was like, Yeah, um, you know, he saw what could be done with those sort of effects, and that's why our thriller became. And John Landis did thriller, wasn't it? Yeah, so well, Landis, I mean, only get only lands or gets to make American World for London because of um, Animal House, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was talking to Rick Baker before he went in to make Animal House about this werewolf film he's gonna make, they made like a short horror film together, yeah. Um, and Rick Baker's like, Well, if you ever get the money, give me a call. And then John Landis makes Animal House, 
And so students, students are throwing money at him. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I want to make American Wolf in London. Yeah. And by the time he calls Rick Baker, Rick Baker signed up to make The Howling. Okay. Which came out at the same time. Um, because Rick Baker promised Landis that he'd make American Wolf in London. Yeah. He then leaves The Howling in the hands of his like protege and goes and does American Wolf in London. And, you know, as good as the transformation scenes are in The Howling, they're not as good as they are in... American Wolf in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, very much so, yeah. Uh, it's just the idea of, you know, the world of David being visited by Jack and all the people he's killed and, you know, him being permanently haunted by yeah these people until he goes himself and break the world's line. What, what's your uh, history of this? You wouldn't have been old enough to see the cinema. Really, really well, I saw this on Pirate Video. Pirate Video. Right, so, <laughs> when I was growing up, my great-grandfather, Poppers, was a miserable motherfucker who hated everybody apart from those kids, right? <laughs> Good to see the legacy's been carried on. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. That's my cousin Sand. Yeah. Who I've never seen, never met. <laughs> she lives in New Zealand. Always says, you're exactly like pop, you know, you are pop all over again. It's just, there is, you, you look like him, you yeah, act yeah. like him, you just talk like him, you are. He used to have, <coughs> we'd have parties, New Year's parties. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't like being around the family, he yeah. stepped in his room with a bottle of whiskey and his pipe. <laughs> but he'd have all the kids come to his room and hang yeah. out with him and watch videos because he had a video in his room back then, you know, just to keep pop happy. I, I can't imagine you doing that. To keep pop happy, they you know, yeah. just give him a video and, and they tell you, like, well, Pop used to love horror, horror movies. So this right. is how I see like theatre and blood and all this kind of thing. Oh, okay. And he had an American boy from London, he's like, uh, Tail End of 82, I think. Right. Just after it's come out, beginning of 83, maybe. Yeah, it came out uh, 81, didn't it? Uh, so, but yeah, so by the time it reached that... I think it's Christmas 82. Yeah, uh, again, that was in the era of yeah. American U- and UK releases. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I saw this there, and it just, you know, changed my life completely. It's And it's still my favourite horror film of all time. I, I don't think it has anything to do with the memories I associate with being around Pop and hanging out with him because he was funny and a yeah. and he just fucking hated everybody. It could um, be a bit of a nostalgia, but it stands up anyway, doesn't it? Brilliant film. Oh yeah, totally, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, and I still, I still get like jump scares with the, you know, with the, with the Nazis when they show up. Yeah, the Nazi demons, the Nazi pigheads. They face Nazis when they show up. You know, the machine guns start clacking, all the usual stuff. Right? Yeah, and that scene where David's running through the woods and he sees himself lying in a hospital bed. And he yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit, me. Young Rick Mail as well. Young Rick Mail and Brian Glover. And Brian Glover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brian Glover, the wrestler. Yes, right, yeah. Well, he was in uh, Alien 3 as well, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah the prison. And he was in Cass, he was the bastard in Cass. Like, yeah. Like, used as yeah. Yeah, That's why, you know, I, I kind of on the offs with Brian Glover. Because okay. my old PE teacher, like that, Clive Shell, whose you know, claim to fame was that he played rugby for 30 seconds for Wales once. Right? We talked about him before, yeah, yeah. yeah. We went. <laughs> We try not to, but, but sometimes you know, it, 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 it's a close show. Okay. And you think, like, oh, you can't speak ill of the dead. Well, fuck that show, he's dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> you literally punched me in the face. Yeah, that's what Punched me in the face and just broke my jaw. But it was a different time when I was 70s and 80s, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. in schools. And First time I had my jaw broke. By a, by a teacher. By a teacher. Your teacher. Like, that's oh, such an abuse of power. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyway. And we're going to go London. We're London, yeah. So yeah. I need to get to Jenny Agatha, isn't it? Yeah. That's what it comes down to, really, isn't it? No. Nostalgia with Pops. 
Jenny Agnew. Jenny Agnew. Jenny Agnew. Have you run off with Jenny Agnew? Don't even think about it. Jenny Agnew came off and would be gone. No, God, yes. She still looks incredible. Yeah, yeah, totally. And she sort of has sort of sultry sort of voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it just makes you feel like, oh, I'm a rough. Uh, okay, let's have a let's just move on. Let's have a track. So this is by a friend of yours. His name is Chris Shaw. Yeah, I love Chris. That um, I've known Chris thirty five, thirty five wow. years. Um, he's a he's a professional musician. Chris uh, works through ships. Yeah, he's got a degree in music, and he's one of these natural musicians who you just go, I wish I was that talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he lives in France. You know? This is France not our typical uh, sort of fair. No, this is sort of really laid back blues but you know mm. so Chris lives in France because Chris wanted to live in France Chris learned to speak French wow okay um, stopped himself to speak French yeah woke up one morning and said I'm teach myself to speak French and he did wow okay because that's the kind of guy Chris is he's yeah yeah like, I'm going to do this that's it he's one of those people who can put his mind to it and achieve yeah, it straight away absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he taught himself to play the sax but he didn't learn to play the sax until he was uh, in his early 20s damn I hate him already wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's literally I'm going to wake up I'm going to do this when he's, and he's just recorded a new album, which you can buy on, on YouTube, uh, iTunes or any other. Yeah. Just type in Chris Shaw or Christy Shaw and his name will come up and just buy the records. He recorded a new album in French and in English. Okay, so the album's called The Blue Lights. Mm. And this is called The Lights Are On. Take the weight off your feet 
written in chalk I bring you a bottle I pull up a cork The lights are on But nobody's home That was Chris Shaw. A little bit different to what we usually play, but awesome nonetheless. And that was called The Lights Are On, and the album is called The Blue Lights, and you can get that Amazon, wherever the music's iTunes, available. Yeah. Amazon, iTunes. Go get it now. Go have a listen on Spotify first if you want. Go for Chris, it. Chris Wills. Nice to see you, Chris. Always a pleasure. Cheers, Chris. Hello, everybody. This is Igor Cavalera from Peprick, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Let's deep dive and go back to what our bread and butter. <laughs> Let's deep dive. Hardcore. Yeah, hardcore. Because we're, you know, hardcore kids. Because we're obsessed kids. <laughs> Look, I'll be, a, I'll be a hardcore kid until the day I die. You know? Um, underdog. Underdog. I know these are one of your favorite bands. Oh, fuck me. So good. Yeah. yeah. There's so been no mass movement without Underdog. Yes. Yeah. Well, named yes. after song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was your doing or Pickens doing? My doing. Okay. Right, so the story about that is uh, after Charlie's finished. Yeah. Me and Pickens were not going to start a zine. So we all went off and came up with names. So now I was hell bent on calling her Hail Satan. Hence the title of our first episode of Match Movement Presents. Yeah. Is. <laughs> could have been Hail Satan Presents. Yeah. Wow. Um, so. I kind of wish it was. <laughs> Well, that's it. I mean, I, I thought it'd be ridiculously funny to see like the postman turn up with addresses it with the envelopes addressed to Hail Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of people to be getting in touch with Hail Satan or saying Hail Satan all the time. <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong. Emma said that was wrong and Pickens said that was wrong and they were both correct. Okay. So we came up with an alternative name. I was on the way into meet Pickens to talk about this because we were discussing it in all places. Yeah. A pub. <laughs> Surprisingly, um, surprisingly <laughs> I was listening to 
So I suggested to me, and he went, oh, yeah, 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 that, that definitely works. And that's how we became Masculine. Wow, well, okay. Because I still think Vanishing Point, that Underdog album, is one of the greatest hardcore records ever released. Well, they've only got, like, they've been around for a long time. They've only got a couple of records, haven't they? Yeah, because they record the EP. Yeah. They record the LP, and that was it. Sometimes that's all you need, don't you? That's... They're out of it. And, I mean, like, the band are back together and they're playing shows, but they don't, they're not going to record any new music. Or they, Dean has said they might record four new tracks. Okay. Or they've got four new tracks, whether they'll record them or not, who knows? Yeah. It doesn't matter. When you have a legacy that, that is that perfect, mm. you don't need anything else. They're from New Jersey, isn't it? But, like, they're based in New York. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all New York. Yeah. Years, so. Nobody says New Jersey hard, do they? Mm. Richie's New York, uh, New York kid, and Dean's mm. Dean was one of the original hardcore kids who hung out around CBGBs. Yeah. You know. Didn't Richie spend time in Youth of Today as well? He did. Yeah, yeah. Town Youth of Today. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. Underdog were first sort of on their first wing, Richie went to play guitar with Youth of Today. He's on their first record and he did the first tour with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after Underdog, he did Into Another. Yeah. Into yeah. Another, they were good. Oh, so good. That, yeah. His voice. They were on, they were on riff, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then they went, Scope or East West and like that. Yeah, yeah. Labels, so mm. they got a major label deal. Yes. Well, Richie's one of those voices that just sends shivers up my spine every single time I hear it. Okay. Um, and he's also one of the most fascinating cats you'll ever speak to or interview. So you interviewed just, him? Oh, yeah. Three, yeah. four times? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's Richie's birthday. <laughs> what yeah. have you interviewed you interview him in relation to? Like, is it mass No, I mean, like, because obviously you didn't do oh, it. We, we talked about hardcore in general. We talked about, you know. Okay, just a general other, sort of chat. Like, underdog, and we did a couple of comprehensive deep dives into the history of underdog. Right, okay. Um, uh, he's just, yeah, spiritually switched on, and really intelligent, really bright. Really I think they're really underrated underdog. Completely yeah. underrated. They've got the right name, haven't they, really? Yeah. Because they're not in the, when people talk about New York hardcore, they're not in the top five. Well, they're in my top five. They've been yours, yeah, but yeah. I, I can't see them being in many top five. I, I don't understand why not. To me, yeah, yeah, they, are, they are a quintessential hardcore one. They have that undeniable New York root. Yeah. Crossed with the bad brains with like stiff little things in the past on it. Mm. What, what's not to love? Yeah, yeah, bad. yeah. You know, they are just the perfection of hardcore. Yeah, they yeah. Have an amalgamation of sound that just, you know, appeals to every act on my Yeah. Um, they just seem to have flown under our radar a bit, though, I think. You know, yeah, I guess maybe because they, because when they arrived, it was, it was past sort of, it wasn't during that like uh, agnostic front. From suckers, chromatics, heyday, they were, it was just outside, yeah. they were there before that with their EP. Yeah. But that didn't make that kind of impact. Then they played with, you know, um, Dean was playing with Murphy's Law, Richie was playing yeah. with Youth Today, and then they got back together with them for that album. They're, they're not second wave, they're, they're not quite first wave either. They're kind no, of like in between. Five. <laughs> yeah, and so you just go, they just missed yeah, yeah. the bus somehow. Yeah, yeah. And you just think, you could have been the biggest fucking man that same as Sheer Tower, they, they always just kind of miss the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that, yeah. Um, and they should have been huge. Mm. And they should still be huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Underdog should have been the biggest fucking band on New York Hardcore. Yeah. I think, because they have a, a sound that should have appealed to everybody across the board. Which is why Into Another took that Underdog roof to the next level. They mm. pushed it forward. I think you've never seen Underdog live. I don't think they've no, ever, no. They ever played over here? No. Yeah, I was going to think. No. They, if they had, I'd have seen them. Yeah, I assume they would. moved yeah. fucking... Heaven and earth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a slight chance you might get back together, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, you know, I, 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 I can see a chance I would fly, fly to New York to see 
a few bands I would travel to yeah, yeah. sleep while I was fighting New York. So, so. I could yeah, see yeah, a, like a London one off happening or something like that. I mean, yeah, yeah well, I would be there. But it, I think it's our Norris class would be yeah. numbers one and two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jenkins, I'll take it three. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess like, if we were going to do a road trip, mm-hmm. it would be us and, and Jenkins. That would be, yeah, 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 yeah. you know? Yeah, Jenkins is a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like three of us in the car, that would be it. Yeah. Um, so we're all start, sand, finishes with a vanishing point for you, yeah? Yeah. Would you put on your top five records, like ever? In my top ten. Top ten, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's, it's, yeah, it's always been in my top ten. It's, it's been on constant musical rotations. I had it on vinyl. Did you discover it's, it at the time? What? Or were you um, like a few, um, like a year or something? Like the first time I had that on was, I was, I'm not sure whether it was, um, coming back from Florida or, California, but I copied Thrasher, they were interviewing Thrasher. Okay. Um, and I just loved what they had to say. Mm. I thought, well, I'm not going to find this record. And I found the record, I found the vanishing point. Yeah, yeah. And it, it must have been, it must have been at 91, because I think I picked the record up in 92. Isn't that a lost thing where you, where you just described then? I mean, does that ever happen now to like you youngsters? They pick up a magazine, they like what the, that person says. And they don't know the band, so they go out and find the record. Yeah. Because now they just won. Well, that was how we found music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we looked like, when we were young. Thanks list. Yeah. Thanks list for like. Thanks list. Maximum rock and roll, flip side. You mm. saw something that genuinely perked you, just, I want to hear this band. Yeah, yeah. So you, you know, you trawl through record shops until you found that record, or you yeah. sent off money for it, yeah. hoping that the money would get to the band. Yeah. Hoping then the band would go, yeah, we're not feeling like dicks today, we're going to stick a yeah, the box and send it back. You're hoping that the, you know, I've been ripped off by labels left, right, and center. Tang records, bastards. Really? Fucking bastards. Well, you said a lot of Right, Curtis Casella owes me an SSD hooded sweatshirt, a Boston hooded sweatshirt, and a Boston fucking zipper. Serious? Yes, he does. Motherfucker. That prick. <laughs> and if he doesn't give it to me, I want my motherfucking money back, Curtis, <laughs> with fucking 20 years' interest, you prick. <laughs> Or well, more than 20 years in, just fucking hell. Wow, that's crazy. 25 years in, more than 25 years in, just 26, 27 years in, just. Describing that to my, to my sons or my yeah. daughter, it'd be like, it's just insane, isn't it? Oh yeah, I used to go in town, change my money, the dollars, mm-hmm. stuff in an envelope. Yeah. Uh, with a, a coupon, which I'd marked, which which I want, or CDs I wanted. Yeah, want. yeah, yeah. Uh, get to New York within about uh, two months. And then uh, two months later, I'm hoping something would come back. Right. I'll, I'll get it back. Yeah. And I just did all that on trust. Curtis Casella never sent fuck all back. I'm ripped till I've sent bootleg stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> I also, because I know Cliff Hanger from the Freeze. Yeah. I work with Cliff. I, I know about his dealings with Curtis at the time. Yeah. Oh, he don't like him either. Oh, really? <laughs> no, no. Oh, so he got a bit of a reputation then? Yeah. Uh, dodgy. Yeah, dodgy cunt. It all worked. Yeah, I used to see work again twice. I'm so sorry. The whole scene worked on trust at yeah. that time, didn't it? And some people just abused it royally and good yeah. as well. Anyway, back to Underdog. Still one of the greatest new hardcore bands ever. Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard them, track down the vanishing point. Just do yourself a favour. It, it, it is. It's on YouTube. You can listen to it on YouTube. Yeah. You can listen to it on Spotify. Yeah. You don't have to buy the record. But buy the record just to put some money in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the band's pocket. It is an absolute classic New York hardcore record, and it's why it's overlooked on never know. Oh, just, just a combination of everything, musically, you know, and if there's a better fighting track, or 
getting you off your arse to hit the pit track from back to back. I have yet to <laughs> They were those, I, I, I was late into those, I'd say late uh, 90s. Like, do you know when I, I was like, all, all New York hardcore, I just, you know, I inhaled. Yeah. Like, yes, you know, I love Give it to me, give yeah, it yeah, yeah. I want all of it yeah. now. And then you start going, like, okay, so uh, let's deep dive New York yeah, yeah. What bands put out a seven inch once in, <laughs> in 1982? And yeah, they made two copies, and, you know. I want the second copy. Yeah, yeah. I track it down. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, so that's when, like, you know, I started you know, finding other bands, and then one of those bands was uh, Underdog. And um, yeah, you just think, how is this not more popular? Why is there not more people listening to this? Why is this band not a touring band and making like quite a decent living, like a Mad Bull or a Sick of a Roll? Yeah. You know. So yeah, go check out Underdog. As Tim said, um, buy the album, put some money in their pockets. They deserve it. And, change, that record will change your fucking life. Yeah, and you know, God willing, we'll see them live maybe. God, really, what kind of panty waste are you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, Tim. That's the end of another show, mate. Is it? That is the end of another show, yeah. So right. all that's uh, for us to do is to give some thanks. Yeah, well, thanks to Underdog. All hail. All hail, Underdog. Dean and Richie, hello, guys. How are you doing? Yeah. Uh, thanks to Engineer Records, uh, as always, um, and with Island Books. And hello to Chris, and thank you for the track, Chrissy Boy. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Show. Show. Yeah, yeah. Go check his album out, The Blue Lights, um, wherever you can buy albums. And that is about it. Oh, and go watch Be Water and American Water for London. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen American Water for London, then you do yourself a favour. Yeah, I'm off to fantasise about Chantley and Jenny Agatha, so I'll see you next time. I'm about to avoid Tim. Ta-ta, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Movement possess. Bye. Movement possess.